this weekend, I suffered a multi-day event of travel delays, cancellations, and unexpected nights spent in states on the opposite side of the country. But after all that, it is worth it because the Packers beat the brakes off the Dallas Cowboys. Let's go. This is the victory lap playoff wild card weekend episode of Scotty Six Pack. Thank you for tuning in. Wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever, anywhere, I don't care. Because the Green Bay Packers beat up on the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk about it here. You can watch us on YouTube at Scotty Six Pack. Follow me. I am your host, Kedrick Stumbrus. Find me on the website formerly known as Twitter at Kedrick Stumbrus and follow the podcast at Scotty Six Pack for the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. There was a script for how this game could have been borne out. And we detailed it last week. And I didn't think that the Packers could win in a low-scoring game. It was not a low-scoring game. Green Bay Packers won going away. Won a game that, although it looks like, if you just look at the final score, may have been close. This game was over by the time the second half started, really. It was a matchup in which the Packers took control, gave it early, and never gave it back. It was an incredible performance. And as some of you might know, I was fortunate enough to be in the building. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about my personal escapades uh, at the at the end of the show. But I want to talk about the game itself first. And what what went extremely well, what there could have been improvement on, and ultimately what we got right and wrong about the potential script for this game and how it all played out. And, and first is, you know, what, what went fantastically right for the Green Bay Packers? And that is Aaron Jones went off. Aaron Jones was who I on this show talked about as potentially a, a key to, to winning this matchup. Talked about the Dallas defense as mushy, as needing to prove something, and the Dallas Cowboys absolutely failed to, to prove something in, in the run game. Uh against Aaron Jones, who once again had another 100-yard 100 rushing game against the Dallas Cowboys. He has never rushed for fewer than 100 yards against the Dallas Cowboys in his career. 5.6 yards per carry, three touchdowns. And one of the criticisms, perhaps, coming into the game about uh, Matt LaFleur and not necessarily trusting other running backs on the team uh, that was a criticism I had coming coming into this weekend, but I got it. 
the Emmanuel Wilson carries got nothing. The Patrick Taylor carries got nothing. They averaged 2.5 and, and two yards per carry. But Aaron Jones carried this offense, looked phenomenal. Uh, I, I was asked by, uh, by, by my brother-in-law on the way to the game uh, who I thought the best running back in the NFL was. And, and listeners to this show know, well, I told him the running back with the highest success rate in the NFL this season is Aaron Jones. He might have a case to be the best running back in the NFL. And he sure looked like he had a case as the best running back in the NFL uh, on, on Sunday. That Dallas defense with dropping all your receivers into coverage, having smaller stature of linebackers, got beat up, got beat up by the Green Bay Packers run game. And when they weren't getting beat up in the run game, the Dallas Cowboys were getting torched in the passing game. And this is yet another Jordan Love career game. And is it's every week now. Every week we are saying that Jordan Love has his best career game. And at this point, it, it is every game Jordan Love has played in dating back to the the Carolina Panthers game. Uh and even before that, there were several weeks going back to if you really go back to the Chargers game, I mean, every game along the way, basically since the Chargers game, has been, well, that might be Jordan Love's best career game. And Jordan Love, I I think, definitely had his best career game this, this weekend against the Dallas Cowboys. Averaging 13 yards in attempt, throwing three touchdowns, not getting, not throwing an interception, not getting sacked. Zero sacks allowed against this phenomenal Dallas Cowboys defensive front. And we'll get we'll get to that in just a second. But Jordan Love making just some wow throws. Jordan Love checking into Max Protect when he sees the zero blitz coming. Just a, a veteran move that Matt LaFleur empowers this first year starter to make at the line of scrimmage with. The play clock all but expired and then delivers a touchdown pass. Jordan Love getting hit as he throws, throwing into a wide open Luke Musgrave. Jordan Love rolling to his right, throwing to his left to hit a receiver right over the middle for a wide open touchdown pass. Well, not why, not why don't we heavily contested touchdown pass? He, man, it is fun. It is fun to watch Jordan Love play football. Uh, and it, it showed in this game why it is so important to have multiple wide receivers who can do so much because Dallas, who plays a ton of man coverage, plays a ton of single high coverages, could not keep up with all of these wide receivers, despite the fact that they have several Pro Bowl caliber defensive backs. 
couldn't keep up with whichever wide receivers were going to go off for Green Bay. Uh, Seven Packers were tar- got got receptions. Eight were targeted. Romeo Dubs. Romeo Dubs. My goodness. Romeo Dubs. Six receptions, 151 yards, and a touchdown. Christian Watson, who we talked about, maybe not the biggest deal if he doesn't play. He was drawing defenders, leading to wide open Romeo Dubs deep shots. And that's why it's important that he was in the game. But uh, the offensive line for the Green Bay Packers deserves ridiculous kudos. Zero sacks. Zero sacks. None. And Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons, who we on the show talked about was... I mean, basically the thing that scared me most about this Dallas Cowboys defense. One pressure. One. And that one was when he was a free rusher. Zach Tom. Zach Tom. Held Micah Parsons to zero pressures. This Green Bay Packers offensive line might be, might be the best offensive line in the league. It's incredible. It is incredible. So, what we got right coming into the game. Jordan Jordan Love, we talked about, he had two places where was it going to be important to throw the ball. Where, where do you want to complete passes against this defense? One over the middle. We talked about that excellent, excellent, excellent over the middle touchdown pass. Jordan Love rolling to his right, throwing to his left, delivering. Phenomenal. And then the deep shots and talking about the importance of Luke Musgrave. Well, they dialed up Luke Musgrave on tight on tight end leak. The same thing we saw week one against the Chicago Bears. Same play, same concept. Nailed it. Wide. (laughs) Wide open doesn't even begin to describe Luke Musgrave on this play. There was nobody, I think the number was within 17 yards of Luke Musgrave on this touchdown pass. Unfreaking believable. Unbelievable. A couple of things I was definitely right about that game. What I was wrong about, uh, CeeDee Lamb looked like he did not play well. Not not at all. Uh, I, he, had, he had an early drop, and he had over 100 yards, but over 100 yards, basically the entire second half was garbage time. Ugh. Not good for CeeDee Lamb, but another thing I was right about. So, we're going to talk about what went wrong for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, one of the things that I thought could go wrong did go wrong in this game. A couple of things, actually. Uh, and we're going to talk about that as well as the, the journey, the journey I was taken on to return from this game and how I even ended up at this game in the first place. Uh, 
right after we talk to you about our good friends over at TickPick who are responsible uh, for my getting to this game uh, in, in something I was very, very happy to, to get to. Uh, so thanks as always to our friends over at TickPick for, for finding me the best way to get to this football game. Uh, and if you're not familiar, TickPick doesn't believe in hidden fees. They don't believe in hidden fees. If How many times have you gone onto your ticketing app trying to get a ticket to a Brewers game, Bucks game, Packer game? You go, you see the price, and then you're slapped with an extra $100, $200 fees at the end. That's never going to happen to you on TickPick. Never. Never again. Or are you going to pay service fees, delivery fees? And if you find a better price somewhere else for the same seats, TickPick's going to refund you 110% of the difference in credit toward your next purchase. Plus, if you use my link, you're going to save 10 bucks on your first order. You can see that link on the screen on YouTube right now. It's also in your podcast description, YouTube description. So go to the Apple App Store, go to the Google Play Store, download the TickPick app. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. And never pay service or delivery fees for tickets ever again. Let's talk about what went wrong in this game for, for, for the Green Bay Packers. And it is someone that we thought could be the difference for the Cowboys. And although he was not the difference, it was a big reason why the Cowboys were able to at least stay a little competitive ish in this game. Um, and that, that is former Wisconsin Badger tight end, Jake Ferguson. One of the things I was worried about in this game was an inability to take away the middle of the field, an inability to take away the tight end and Jake Ferguson on, on multiple occasions, you, you think to the two point conversion on. Early on in the game. Or not, not two point conversion, the, the 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 touchdown that got Dallas points to begin the game. <laughs> to begin the game. At the end of the second half. <laughs> to begin the game for Dallas, at least. Oh goodness. God, they just got Packers just kicked their teeth in. But Jake Ferguson had 10 catches for 93 yards and three touchdowns. The, the only, only like competitive Dallas Cowboy out there. There was a point in this game where I I said, I I posted on the website formerly known as Twitter. The Cowboys looked like they were on quit watch. They didn't look like they they didn't look like they had any interest in being in that game. At, at, at that point, defensive backs were jogging on coverages. Looked sad. Looked sad. But Jay Ferguson, who I thought was A, a real weapon for the Packers, or sorry, for, for Dallas Cowboys in this game, uh, went off. And then the other thing that went wrong for the Packers in this game is you take out the starters, and then you have to put them back in because the defense just can't do anything. The offense with the starters can't get a first down. And... I don't necessarily want to debate the 
Should LaFleur have put in the starters then or not? Should LaFleur have taken the starters out in the first place then or not? But I think it is a bigger question about how Dallas made this margin look even a little respectable. And being in the building and getting to see all 22 players on the field gives a picture of the the soft coverage that we expect Joe Barry defenses to play and the soft coverage that, you know, ultimately doomed if it weren't for the fact that there weren't, you know, two, three, four, five more seconds on the clock in Carolina doomed the Green Bay Packers. Uh, It was, it was just only playing defense in the second half to stop Dallas from scoring in one play. But Green Bay was fine letting Dallas score as long as it took them, you know, five, six plays to get down the field. But that brought it within a margin where we're kicking onside kicks as the Dallas Cowboys thinking they can get there. I think if Dallas recovers that onside kick, How are you? How are you, Green Bay Packers fan, feeling in that moment? Because you've watched that game before. You've watched that game in the NFC Championship game before. And that's not fun. And it didn't end well. Uh, But ultimately, I thought Joe Joe Barry went soft too early. He could have done more. Could have tried to make a few more plays. Because Dallas kind of got whatever they wanted in the second half. I mean, Dak Prescott threw for over 400 yards in this game. As, as Sam Jamini likes to call them, friend of the pod, Sam Jamini, listen to the, him on Snap the Pigskin, uh, a show I am actually on this week. Uh, find that wherever you listen to this here podcast. Um, or in Puckworms. I'm not on that show, but Puckworms is good too. Uh, <laughs> Dak Prescott... And the empty calories Cowboys threw for 400 yards, but they were, they were not meaningful yards, but they were meaningful yards. If you're trying to figure out the conversation about Joe Barry. Um, Yeah. So that was tough, but Packers played very well in this game. All, All things, all things considered. Nine quarterback hits to Dallas's three quarterback hits generated. <sighs> Packers recorded four sacks to Dallas's zero sacks. And Preston Smith gets a sack on the last play of the game where he just looks gassed. Ugh. Oh, sorry. That wasn't quite the last play of the game because we got the Jordan Love here we go. And then takes the knee, uh, which also I did not know that Dallas Cowboys fans embrace the, the Dak Prescott cadence. Yeah, here we go so much, uh, until I was actually at the game, but they're, they're saying it in the stands before the game, the pregame all over just here we go. But 
you you saw more aggressive coverage and, and plays by the Green Bay Packers defense early in the game. And it just felt like Joe Barry got away from it a little too early. It, that was that was just a little bit of a damper here, although I think Joe Barry is probably already safe. It it kind of it kind of it kind of stunk. Um and then lastly, Anders Carlson. He's missed a kick in it's something like eight of the last nine games. Let me see. I can find this. But regardless of the exact number, it is not good to expect this so early on. And it, I mean, it didn't, but it could have made a factor. It No, you know what? It did. It did play a role here. Because if Green Bay hits that extra point, this game's margin is 17 points instead of 16. And we as Packer fans are not panicking if the Cowboys recover that onside kick. Even if the Cowboys recover that onside kick, it's still a three-score game. Every one of these points matter. Every one of these points is going to matter against the 49ers. Don't like it. And the actual number is Anders Carlson has missed a kick in nine of the last 11 games. And so many of them have been extra points. One of the worst extra point kickers in the league, which is just like the worst thing to be the worst at. They're not quite free throws, but they're they're dang close to them. You can't have it. You can't have it. Especially, especially because it just puts such a damper on the vibes. It just puts such a damper on the vibes when it happened. Ah, all right. Let's talk about, let's talk about vibes. Let's talk about vibes. Vibes talk is, I mean, the, the best part of any episode, right? Um, we detailed, we detailed some ways, some vibes. They could be immaculate. And indeed, indeed, the vibes were immaculate. It didn't require a Jordan Love game-winning drive. It just took all over fantastic, fantastic performance by Jordan Love, Packers offense, Matt LaFleur, scheming guys wide ass open. Just phenomenal. And... The vibes all day at this game were just, I I was so clenched. I was so clenched until the end of the first drive, basically. And I'm up celebrating. Cowboys fans are saying, it's early, it's early, it's one drive. You just felt it. You just felt that something went right. Packers got a little lucky with a with you know, a sack negated by a penalty downfield. Packers just got a little lucky on the first drive. And Wayne Gretzky 
uh, had a quote talking about the, the night that he broke the the 50 goal record in the 50 goals in record time in a season. He, he always said his, t- his teammates told him if, if Gretzky gets lucky early, you know, watch out because he scores that goal by a puck, just banking off the boards coming right to him. And he scores and that in that the first one of the game where he ends up having like five goals to break the record or something stupid. Um, Packers got a little lucky early. And I kind of knew, just watch out. I was saying right then, the Packers have never lost in that building. Never lost. And then Cowboys fans were leaving the building before the third quarter ended. The Packers have won more playoff games at AT AT&T Stadium than the Dallas Cowboys. Just hilarious. Just hilarious hilariously good vibes, hilariously good vibes. Um, this game was so much fun. I, it did not matter how this game was going to end. I was already in Texas. Albeit Texas is huge. I was not anywhere near Dallas, but I was so close. I was one flight away, one flight away. And was able to figure it out. Was able to figure out how to get uh, some, 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 some Cowboys fans, family in law shenanigans, get them to the game. They were among those who left early. <laughs> I did not. I stayed. I stayed. They left. Left me there. I'm not going anywhere. Are you kidding me? In that moment, brother-in-law, his wife, her younger brother. Nah, I am staying put. My ass is in that seat till the clock hits zero. (laughs) Take a hike back to the hotel. But hey, we had a great time. It was freezing. It was cold. <laughs> Green Bay said, we've won more playoff games here than you. This is our house, and we brought the weather. Oh, my goodness. So cold pregame. Uh, the warmest place was in the bathroom. People are buying beer. So, the, so AT&T Stadium is cool in that they there is a, like, there, there is a real stadium district, like within the ticketed gates. So you have to get a ticket to actually get into the outside stadium district where there's a ton of room to walk around, food trucks, merch, merch store, like pro shop, whatever, uh, and bars, several bars. Uh, people were buying beers and then <laughs> bringing them to go hang out and stand in the bathroom because that's where it was warm. Um, the even funnier part than that is that there's a huge, and it's awesome, a like huge beer fridge cooler situation um, just outside of that too. Inside the beer cooler, like the walk-in, was warmer than the actual outside. And so everyone was just buying beers and then just hanging out in the cooler. 
there were so many people doing this and just standing by like the fridge doors standing by whatever that people you could just be in there and then just grab a drink pull it off the shelf and just start drinking it if you just opened it they had to bring in security to stop people from drinking the beers without paying for them it was just a party in the fridge. It was such a great time. And then you actually got to go inside where the Green Bay Packers won the Super Bowl and just watch them beat the brakes off the Cowboys. Oh, so, so, so good. And a good contingent to Packers fans, given the weather situation, I think there may have been more if the weather was better, if it was easier to travel that weekend. Uh, but didn't matter by the time the game was done. <laughs> All the Cowboy fans had left. <laughs> oh. But, so this podcast is hitting your feet relatively late because the day of the game, my flight home got canceled because of the weather before the game even started. So then I rebooked onto another flight and that flight got canceled in the middle of the game. So I'm trying to enjoy this absolute beatdown while I'm also trying to figure out how the heck I'm going to get home. Because if, if you've never traveled during like a winter storm advisory shenanigans, whatever, like mass cancellation weekend and you like need to get back if your flight gets canceled and you don't jump on trying to figure out which flight you're going to take immediately. You're just not getting a flight home. Uh, I remember trying to fly to Texas last year in December of 22 and getting caught in a winter storm. And so my flight got canceled and I couldn't get on to another flight. At, at first, not for almost another week. And so then I just had to sit there con consistently refreshing for like a couple of hours until I could actually get on a flight. That was, I mean, still, still a few days later than when I was supposed to leave, but not a full on week. Uh, but so I'm at the game trying to get on to a different flight. And I can get on one dang flight that gets me back to Mil Milwaukee when, when I'm supposed to be back in Milwaukee. I get on that flight. I end up sitting in the plane for two full hours before the plane actually leaves the ground. So then I miss the connecting flight and I'm stuck in Arizona for a night. Uh, I mean, there is some like, oh, woe is you. you. You got to go to the Packer game. These are such privileged people problems. And also privileged weather problems because you were stuck in the one state in the country that didn't have any kind of winter weather advisory. Literally, Arizona was the only state in the country that had no like snow, super cold temperature advisory, nothing uh, all weekend. So, yeah, I was very un unfortunate to be stuck in 60 degree and sunny weather. Like, woe is me. Uh, nah, it, it, this is these are all first world problems. I, I am very privileged to have these problems be what I have to complain about. And I really didn't mind it. It was, it was embracing it or I was embracing it. It was, it was a good time, but it was a journey to get back. And then by the time I, 
<laughs> By the time I actually got back, <laughs> there's a spectrum internet outage in my home so that I couldn't even get this recorded right away when I wanted to and get it out. Uh, so it was, it was an interesting time, but the weekend was really great. Um, my, uh, my girlfriend's family are all great sports about, about the game. And it, it was, it was fun. It, it was a blast to be there with them. I'm super happy that I got to go and I would have been happy regardless of how the game went. It was just a good time to, to get to go to the building, uh, be there for Jordan loves playoff debut go to where the Packers won the Super Bowl. Uh, all very cool. All very, very, very cool things that I've gotten to do. And I, I have been very lucky to get to now four Packer games this year, each in a different stadium. Uh, very, 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 very lucky. Um, and I appreciate every one of your listens, downloads, likes retweets clicks on an article uh because you know it gives me a reason to be there and and share my thoughts about all of it so regardless of how this packers playoff run ends know that i'm i'm very grateful to all of you uh this this season because just being there for this has has been has been phenomenal uh but there's more packers to come still uh and i cannot believe it I, i i am over the moon but we have more words prepared for you on this Green Bay Packers team already. And coming up this week on the show, we are going to be joined by Noah Clark, the the co-host of Snap the Pigskin, along with Sam Jamini. We are going to be breaking down this Cowboys game a little bit more, his thoughts on it, and looking ahead to the 49ers game. If you want even more content about these NFL wildcard weekend that was the divisional round. Uh, I am going to be on snap the pigskin this week with Noah Clark and fellow friend of the pod, Sam Shimini. And then that, that episode with, with Noah is going to be in your feed tomorrow, Thursday, the 18th, Friday, the 19th. We're going to have a scheme breakdown of the Packers and 49ers and why I am talking myself into thinking this Packers team can beat this 49ers team. I'm I'm really getting there. I'm really getting there. Uh, Friday evening, I'll be inside the Kohl Center for Wisconsin, Indiana, covering that game, and then probably podcasting from the Kohl Center. Going to decide whether or not I want to go live from the Kohl Center, uh, but we'll get we'll, we'll record from the Kohl Center right after that game. That game will be dropped in your feed on Saturday morning for you to listen to watch enjoy uh before the packers play the 49ers so that's that's this upcoming week on the show thank you all for listening uh to today's episode of the scotty six-pack podcast you can listen wherever you get your podcast watch it on youtube at scotty six-pack while you're there subscribe leave a nice review five stars kind comments hit the like button helps other people find the show helps us make even better content for all of you I've been your host, Kedrick Stumbrus. You can follow me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, at Kedrick Stumbrus, and follow the podcast at Skinny Six Pack for all the latest in Wisconsin sports. Until next time, go Pack Go!